Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our sermon series entitled 40 Days of Prayer. This series focuses on learning to pray with more confidence and greater faith than ever before. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. Good morning, everybody. You know, we're in this season where we're focusing on prayer and learning how to pray and really seeking God in our prayers. And on the seat back in front of me, there's a little white post-it note like that. You, you also see dozens of them around the wall. So this is my encouragement and honestly my challenge to you today. Before you leave today, would you write a prayer request on that post-it note and would you put it on the wall? And when you're at the wall, would you pray over some of those other prayer requests? We've been seeing God do some amazing things. I know one of those prayer requests up on the wall was put up there by Chip Gill for a a relative who uh, contacted him and said, you know, uh, we're thinking about getting a divorce after decades of marriage. And so I know Chip and Karen started praying for this relative and this marriage, and and they put uh, prayer requests on the wall. And last week, Chip told me after church that God has restored that marriage. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week, a grandmother wrote on one of the prayer request cards on the welcome cards and, and turned it into me and said that hey, my grandson is having heart surgery, under 10 years old. He's having heart surgery this week. Would you pray for him? And we corresponded by uh, email, and she said God did something miraculous. God has healed him. He's doing well. He's recovering great. So, so amen. You know, praise God. God is healing people. And and last week, I received a phone call from somebody who, who was suicidal. We talked for a long time. I prayed with this person. Uh, we got this person help. I talked to them again yesterday. And, and they, were, they went to a place where they could get some help. And this person is doing great. Uh, they're getting help. They're excited about living and about life today. So praise God for the way he's answering prayers. And so I would say this, if you put a prayer request on that wall and God has answered it, you don't have to tell me specifically how he's answered it, but find it and write answered on it so we can celebrate and we can praise God uh, for how he's answering prayers. Uh, so we're in this, this season of praying and, you know, I, we all believe that God answers prayers and I suspect that the most prayed prayers, the most pray, often prayed prayers are for, for healing and restoration, you know, healing of, of sick bodies, of illnesses, of broken bones, healing of broken relationships, uh, relationships that are going through discord, broken marriages, uh, broken uh, any kind of discord, even through businesses and things like that. And, and, and my guess is those are what we pray the most. And so today uh, we're going to look at how to, to pray for healing and restoration. And to do that, we're going to look at one verse from 2 Chronicles 7.14. And, and just to give you some background to that, it's going to be up on the screen behind me. But to give you some background to this, uh, this was just after King Solomon and Israel had come together and had finally built a house where God could be worshipped in Jerusalem, the temple. And Solomon brought together all the people for a celebration, a festival that lasted for seven days. And they, they worshiped God, they prayed to God, they sacrificed uh, offerings to God, and, and they did amazing things. And at the end of those seven days, 
Solomon sent the people home to, to rest and to eat and to just enjoy. And, and while he was just sort of coming down from that whole experience, the Lord spoke to Solomon. And what he said to Solomon is recorded in 2 Chronicles 7. And uh, what the Lord tells Solomon is how he and Israel can keep a good relationship with God. And then he goes further into this verse that we're going to look at today, just one verse about how God wants to answer our prayers. And, and so 2 Chronicles 7:14, the Lord says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will heal, hear their prayers from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's a promise God made to Israel thousands of years ago, but that's a promise that he still makes to us today. And so we're going to look at this verse and see what it tells us about how we're supposed to pray. We're going to look at four things. But before we get into that, I want to look at those first two phrases in that verse. The first thing that God says is, if my people. Now that sort of begs the question, who are God's people? If you turn to the Gospel of Matthew, it's not going to be on the screen. But if you just turn to this and think, listen to what Jesus says about who God's people are. He is um, teaching, uh, and he's uh, teaching. A, and there's a crowd of people, and his mother and his brothers are standing outside. And, and word comes to him from somebody who says, Hey, um, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And Jesus replies to that person and says, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? He's not being disrespectful to his own family. But then he points at his disciples, his followers. And he said, here are my mother and my brothers. And then he said, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus is making a point here that God's family is made up of the people who do the will of God. So let me ask you, are you doing the will of God? And here's how you can know if you're doing the will of God. Have you believed in Jesus and trusted him to be your Lord and your Savior? Have you accepted his forgiveness for your sins, what he did on the cross for you? And are you following him? If you've said yes to that, then you are a Christ follower. You're part of the family of God, you're God's people. So when God says, if my people, he's talking about you. But then he goes on, he says, if my people who are called by my name. Now, I know some of us call ourselves Christ followers. Some of us call ourselves Christians. Um, but but here's, here's the big idea. Whether, whatever we call ourselves, let me encourage you this, not to be embarrassed to be known as someone who believes in Jesus Christ, someone who follows Jesus Christ, someone who makes what he says in God's word a priority, someone who says, you know what, I'm going to give Sunday to God. I'm going to attend church. I'm going to take my kids to Sunday school. And during the week, I'm going to join together with other Christians in a small group, and we're going to get together and we're going to study the Bible and pray. We don't want to be ashamed or embarrassed of that. We want to be proud to call ourselves by the name. Of Jesus, Because when we call ourselves Christians or Christ followers, we're literally, literally taking on his name. 
Remember what Jesus said also in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Mark. He said, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them. So we don't want to be ashamed of him because we don't want him to be ashamed of us. Now, let's dig into the rest of this verse and look at what God tells us. He tells us how to approach him when we're seeking healing for our health, healing for our relationships, healing for our finances, healing for anything that's broken in our lives, anything that we want restored. And and let me be clear, what I am sharing with you today is, is not a formula. You know, I'm not saying you got to do A, B, C, D. And if you don't do it the right way, it's not going to happen. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm not giving you a, a set of prerequisites. What I'm telling you is how God in this verse tells us that he wants us to posture our hearts toward him. How he wants us to come to him when we pray. So, so let's dig in. If, if you're taking notes, here's the first thing. Humble yourself. In other words, admit that you're not in control. You know, it's important that we all are able to say, you know what, there is a God and I'm not God. We, we have to admit that. So in this verse, we see God says, if my people will humble themselves. So what does that mean to humble ourselves? Well, it means not to be arrogant in our posture toward God, to think that we know it all. It also means not to be flippant about how we treat God. I mean, it means not to be so casual that our relationship with God is disrespectful. We come humbly admitting that we are not God and that we're not in control and that we are humbly seeking his presence and healing in our lives. So that, that first posture of our heart is that we are humble, seeking healing and restoration. You, you know, uh, the dictionary says this is what humility is. Humility is having a modest opinion of one's own importance. Having a modest opinion of one's own importance. So this is what the Bible tells us about humility. The Bible tells us God values humility in his sons and daughters. In the book of James, we read this. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you. I don't want to be opposed. I want to receive God's grace. So I am more than willing to be humble. And it goes on. The prophet Isaiah tells us this, that God says, I will bless those who are humble and have a contrite heart. So, you know, it's, it's, it's being humble, not only in the way we live our lives, but even having a humble heart toward God. And in another, in a psalm, we read this. God leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his own way. So, so God's going to lead us when we're humble. God's going to work in our lives. So the, the first posture of our heart, whenever we come to pray, is we need to be humble. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. The second thing that we see as the posture of our heart is this, is that we've got to admit we need help. So this is it. Pray and ask God for help. Remember, he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble humble themselves and pray. When we pray, we're saying, God, I need you. 
I need you in my life. I can't do this on my own. I, I, I don't know what's going on or how to, to deal with this or how to fix it, but you do, God, and I want you in my life. We don't need to feel tentative to God. We don't need to, we've, we've covered this through the series. We don't need to have special vocabulary about how we talk to God. We just need to pour out our hearts to God and trust that he hears. Listen to what Jesus said in the Gospel of John. He said, I tell you the truth. My Father will give you anything you ask for in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. Jesus tells us to ask for anything, anything in his name. God wants us to ask because he wants us to communicate with him. Yes, he knows it before he asks, but he wants to be in a relationship. And that requires communication. Any relationship you have requires communication. Even if it's not spoken with lips, it requires communication. God wants us to relate to him, to ask him, and he wants us to learn to trust that he hears us and that he's going to give us what we need. You can't trust unless you're in a relationship with God. You can't communicate without being in that relationship with God. So uh, let me just point out a couple of things that Jesus says. Jesus says, I want you to ask this in my name. Uh, asking in Jesus' name is asking on the basis of what Jesus paid for on the cross. In other words, it's saying, I did this for you. I've made access for you to God the Father. And so I want you. Everything, every sin is paid for. You have everything you need because of what I did on the cross. So praying in Jesus' name means that we're praying according to what he has done for us. And praying in Jesus' name means that he is giving us access to the Father. You know, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit the, com comprise the Godhead, and they work together for us to be connected to them. It, it, so Jesus is showing us the way to have access to the Father through him. I, I think about it this way. I, I have a friend who works with a number of restaurants in the greater Hartford area, and, and he's told me this. He says, look, whenever you go to this restaurant or this restaurant, these are the ones I work with, hey, just tell them I sent you, and the manager's going to make sure you have a good meal. Now, not that they would have a bad meal anyway, but, but he just said, they're going to take care of you. Jesus is saying, listen, the Father's going to take care of you. So, so pray in my name. The, the other thing that we need to recognize is when we're praying in, in, in his name, we're praying according to God's will revealed to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And, and he tells us that we, when we pray this way, he will answer our prayers. Now, I suspect some of you are saying, um, yeah, Clark, but I prayed some prayers and, and they didn't get answered the way I wanted them to get answered. That happens sometimes. I believe all of us pray with a preconceived answer in our mind. Um, God gives us what we need, not what we want. And, and that's important. Uh, if, if we understand that we have a good and loving Heavenly Father, He's going to give us what we need, uh, not everything that we want. And so notice, Jesus says, you can ask for anything, okay? But He didn't say, I'll give you everything. Um, 
the second thing that, that I want to say about this is that I know most of us probably pray alone. Most of the prayers that I pray, you know, generally are alone. But there are many times when I pray with my wife or, or with the elder board or with uh, my life group, uh, you know, where, where I'm praying with other people. Uh, there are times when I pray with people up here. It's important for followers of Jesus to pray with other people, to come together. Jesus said, you know, uh, where two or more gather my name, I'm there. So it's important that we pray with us. That's why we have prayer team members up here after every service. So that if you want somebody to pray with, somebody will pray with you on the spot. So we need to understand that we are supposed to pray with others. Jesus said this, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, I will, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. God's going to give us what we need. So we need to pray together with one another. Why? Because that encourages more one another. That allows us to agree together about what God, uh, what, what we're seeking God to do in our lives. Uh, James, the apostle, the half-brother of Jesus, he wrote this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Look, we're supposed to pray with others. Uh, we're supposed to, to join together in prayer. You know, if, if you want the elders to come and pray with you, the elders of this church will come and pray with you. If you're sick and you want them to anoint you with oil, they will anoint you with oil. There's nothing magical about the oil. The oil symbolizes the presence of God. In fact, we have oil here. So if you come up this morning and want somebody to pray and anoint you with oil, they will do that. So that we pray together. And, and you know, you can, you can do that with the elders or you can do that with other believers, okay? It doesn't, it, that's, that peace is important that we know that it doesn't just have to be with the elders. So we need to recognize that that's important. But did you see what else James said? He said, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. So the prayer offered in faith is not about us creating enough faith on our part to make it happen. It's about us praying in faith and in trust that our Heavenly Father, our, our Dad, knows what we need and that He's going to answer it. So when we pray, we pray expecting God to answer. Expecting Him to answer according to His will Okay, and we need to keep praying. Honestly, we, if you bring something to God, you need to keep praying until he makes it clear that it's time to stop praying about it. He wants us to do that. He, he makes it very clear throughout Scripture that we're supposed to keep praying, to persist. So uh, when we pray for healing, we need to come with a posture that's humble and a posture that, that's willing just to open up. And say, God, I, I need you. Here, here's the third thing that we, we see from uh, that scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. So here's the, the, the third thing. The, the posture of heart is we need to seek God when we come, 
not a miracle. Seek the miracle maker, not the miracle. Put your faith and your trust in God, not in what you're seeking to get. I mean, think about this. You, you, all of us have had a relation somewhere along, relationship somewhere along the way where we realized that the person really wasn't that interested in us, but they were interested in what they could get from us. You know, we have a Heavenly Father that wants a relationship with us. That's first and foremost. So we seek God and not what He can do with us, but we trust that He can do miracles and He can do that in our lives. So we put God first. Remember, prayer is a relationship with God. So when we pray, it's the posture of our heart that says, I'm seeking God's face. I'm seeking to know God more. I'm seeking to trust in him. I'm seeking to rely on him. In the book of Proverbs, God says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. When you seek God, you're going to find him. God isn't playing a game with us. He desires for us to connect with him. Paul wrote this. God rewards those who earnestly seek him. What does that mean, earnestly seek God? It means to make knowing God and growing in that relationship a priority. It's, it's not a casual pursuit. It's not a hobby that you do in your free time. It's the essence of your life and what you do. It's about being serious about it. Now, I, I, we're in this month of February where there's a lot of sporting events where people are pursuing things earnestly that they're very serious about. There was a football game last weekend. I think that there were some people pursuing uh, something pretty earnest. There's the Olympics are going on right now. People have been training for four years earnestly to get to that. And, and I hear there's a race car a race in a couple of weeks where there are people earnestly seeking to be the one that hits the checkered flag. So you get it. You and I understand what it means to seek something earnestly. But God wants us to pursue him earnestly. It's the posture of our hearts. Listen to what God spoke in the book of Deuteronomy. If from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress and all these things have happened to you, then in later days you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you. God desires for us to know him. In a personal way. That's why he sent Jesus to the earth so that we can know him. So he desires for us to seek his face. That means to, to know him. And so that's the posture of our heart. That we humble ourselves. That we, that we pursue him in prayer. That we open up our lives to him. And that we seek his face. And here's the last posture that this scripture tells us. We need to, uh, to turn our attention from the world to God's word. Turn our attention from the world to God's world word. Look, you know, the world is very flashy. Um, you know, you don't have to have attention deficit disorder to get distracted by the world because, uh, you know, we're getting it constantly. If you have uh, any electronic device, uh, you're getting it uh, whether you want it or not. It's there. This is what God said. 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from my wicked ways. Turn from their wicked ways. So this is the fourth fourth posture, turning from our wicked ways. What are our wicked ways? Uh, Certainly we understand that, uh, you know, uh, uh, murder is wicked. We understand that abuse is is wicked. We understand there's there's a whole category of stuff that we would call, say are wicked. We would say those are the, uh, uh, our sins. But, but here's what God means when he says, turn from our wicked ways. He recognizes that all human beings commit sin. And while we tend to grade sins from, from not good to heinous, he just says they're all wicked. And, and you, when you read through the Old Testament, you can't get away from this idea that that. When the people of Israel and the people of God were following him and they turned from God to do what they wanted to do, when they turned from God's way and God's will to do their will and their way, it was wicked. It was wicked. And so we all understand this, that when we forget about God in our life and what he desires to be in a relationship with us about and what he desires to happen in our lives and just do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, without respect to God. That is wicked. Now, Scripture tells us that, that we need to repent from that, that we need, to, we need to turn from that and turn back to God. In the book of Proverbs, we read this, If you hide your sins, you will not succeed. If you confess and reject them, you will receive mercy. So God knows all things. He knows our sins. So we need to confess them and he will be merciful to us. Listen to what James says in his letter. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. What James is saying is, listen, we need to get right with God. And sometimes that means getting right with each other. We need to confess our sins. And we need to recognize that when we confess our sins, when we deal with the sin that's in our lives, the thing that's keeping us separated from God, the the thing that's making us turn away from relationship with God and doing what we want to do, that in itself is going to bring healing in our lives. Because it's going to begin the process, if not cement the process, of restoring our relationship with God. So God desires for us to turn from our wicked way. So let me go back to the entire verse, okay? 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. This is what God says will happen. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Let me say something about that last phrase, heal their land. In the Old Testament, a person's relationship with God could be seen in two ways. One-on-one to God, but collectively as the people of God to God. And so when he talks about healing their land, it's talking about healing us collectively. And so God desires for us. And so he desires for us to have a a posture of our hearts that says we're going to be humble. We're going to pray We're going to seek his face and we're going to turn from our wicked ways. So I want us to do that this morning. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to pray. And when I do, I want to encourage you to look at those 
four things. Will you humble yourself? Will you pray and say, God, I need you? Will you seek God's face? And will you turn from your wicked ways? Now, before I tell you how we're going to pray, I'm going to make an invitation. We have prayer team members. They're here every week. I want them to come on up because uh, in a moment, when we go into a time of prayer, um, I'm going to invite you, if you feel like God is leading you, to come forward and pray with a brother or sister in Christ. Because Scripture tells us that we're supposed to do that. So in just a moment, I'm going to start us off in a time of prayer. And you can start your prayer in your seat, and that's great. And maybe that's where you're comfortable, and that's okay. But look, I know some of you are here today. And God's prompting you right now that you need to get up and pray with somebody. You don't have to tell them your life story. You just come up and say, you know, would you pray for me? I, last service, I prayed with a young woman whose who's, uh, relative had just gone into rehab. And so we prayed. Uh, I know another guy was prayed for because he's having surgery tomorrow. You know, it's not your whole life story. It's just I need somebody to join in prayer with me. I need somebody to agree with me before God that I need this thing healed. So we're going to move into a time of prayer. I'm going to start it off, and, uh, and then I'm just going to go quiet, and I'm going to let you pray. And if you think one moment that God's given you a nudge to get up and pray with somebody, do that. Come up here and pray with somebody. All right? So let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. God, you brought us here today to hear about how we can connect with you and, and how we can understand the posture of our heart and what it's supposed to be like. And so, Lord, we want to do that. We want to humble ourselves. We want to pray and just open our lives to you. We want to seek your face, that relationship with you. And we want to turn from our wicked ways. So, Lord, we're going to pray now. We're going to start that prayer at our seats, and then we know you're prompting some of us to get up and come and pray with somebody. So, Lord, do what you want to do. Have your way. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.